What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. I know I've kind of had an APB out for myself, honestly. I've been really caught up with my work and kind of been sidetracked, which has derailed me from continuing the podcast a little bit. But I've had an opportunity to have a chance to record today. So without further ado, let's hop right into the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. And you know who I am. I'm your host, Blaine Spencer. I'm going to start something else off with this week with something new. I'm calling it my one big thing. Here's it. Here it is. Sports is more than just a game. If you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on recently, you kind of have your head down the bottom of a hole, not really paying attention, just keeping your eyes on the prize. Because we almost had a life taken away from us in the sports world this past weekend. Prayers up. If you were watching in Euro 2020 or Euro 2021 now, but they're still calling it Euro 2020. Denmark was playing Finland. Christian Eriksen was going after a ball. And unfortunately, he ended up collapsing, having a cardiac arrest. The whole stadium in Copenhagen stopped. The world stopped almost for a moment and the entire sports world, especially the soccer world. What do we do from here? How can we not understand what we're taking for granted? They're people too, these athletes. We're just ones here sitting at home, either attending their games. And sometimes we're treating them unfairly. It's happened multiple times already in the NBA playoffs. And then when you see something like that occur, your heart just aches. Your heart stops. That next day, that was Sunday, yesterday, Sunday, the doctor for the national team of Denmark came out and said, we had lost Christian. They needed to get the defib out. They were doing compressions. If you watch the video that the BBC ended up recording and showing it, where they've already come out and apologized. This is just crazy to think about that on the world's biggest stage. It was on ESPN. And the world's watching. And something like that occurs. The game ended up being suspended, and then they ended up coming back onto the pitch and finishing the match. Denmark ended up losing, but you know, that wasn't what was the ultra president of what was taking place. Again, we almost had an athlete's life taken away on national television in front of our eyes. So I think our, the one big thing is we cannot take everything for granted from these athletes. They're people too. They're doing everything possible to entertain us. And they're still putting their lives on the line. Christian Erickson, no COVID positive tests from what we've done our research on. Perfectly in good health. I mean, yes, in soccer, they've been basically playing for a year straight since they've done that COVID resumption in last June and basically have now played for a year consecutively with limited breaks. But, and I mean, we're out here still making racist slander. We're still throwing popcorn. 
throwing water bottles. I even saw Milwaukee fans cheering when Kyrie Irving got hurt yesterday as he walked off the court. I, I mean, it was only a sprained ankle. Yes, it's very minimal, but still, it's still an injury. And you're celebrating that? Like, who are we? What have we become? Have we changed this drastically in this past year because we've been stuck at home? And now we just let everything, all of our emotions just flow because we haven't had to contain and control ourselves? Again, if it's very hard to watch that video of Christian Erickson, but he almost died on TV in front of the whole world to see. And yet we're still naive. We still don't understand what's going on in this world. We're in a pandemic still. Yes, it's getting better. But do we still have that un understanding to mistreat athletes, to not understand what they're going through? I mean, for me, as an example, I mean, I used to be an athlete straight up until college, until injuries plagued that, until I decided not to continue. I could have kept going. I highly doubt I would have been a professional athlete. But, you know, who knows? I never got that opportunity because of injuries taking that away. And you can see now that, like, look at these different alternatives that have been taking place. So as a people in this world, and not in just the United States, but all across the globe, don't take these athletes for granted. Show them the appreciation that they deserve. Because as we've seen this weekend, they can be gone potentially in a flash. That's my one big thing of the day. So think hard about that. Reflect. And let me know what you think. Am I being overintuitive? Am I overstepping my bounds as a sports broadcaster, sports podcaster, sports journalist? Whatever you think I am. But from my mute understanding, we're not. So we need to take a step back and appreciate what we have. All right, let's jump into some other news that's happened across the sports world. Phoenix Suns just ended up sweeping the Denver Nuggets. I mean, Chris Paul, are you kidding me, man? That shoulder is not bothering any, him anymore. And now you have a legit contender to come out of the Western Conference and pretend, potentially be NBA champions. That's how good the Phoenix Suns were in this sweep of the Denver Nuggets. Yes, we all wish Jamal Murray was out on the court. Me especially. And yes, that ejection from Jokic the other night, awful. Absolutely horrid call. Like, what are we doing? Have we gotten that soft? Like, let's play off basketball. Let them play. Definitely. Potentially a flagrant one. I would have probably given a flagrant one. Flagrant two. Ejection. You basically just gave Phoenix that game four. What do, I mean, 
Devin Booker, special. DeAndre Ayton was solid in this series. He's been solid all playoffs. Chris Paul, though, was the storyline. And if he gets that ring, he is a top five point guard of all time. And right now, in my opinion, he's the top point guard ever that hasn't won a title. So if you give him that championship, you can move him into the echelon of echelons at the point guard position. He's been that spectacular in his career. In New Orleans with the Clippers, even you can say with the Thunder last year with the Rockets, he was okay until he got hurt. He had the Warriors in game seven. Chris Paul plays, they might beat the Warriors. And then what he's been doing in Phoenix. He's been absolutely special and paramount to what Phoenix has been able to do. And for me, I'm leaning towards the Utah Jazz as my favorite title of the West. And they've looked really good. But the Clippers showed something with Paul George and Kawhi at home the other night. They showed some real grit, some edge to them, some physicality, something that Utah really hasn't seen. Is that because in that Memphis series, yeah, John Morant is an ascending superstar. But with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you already have two superstars playing at the highest level. And both of them went for 30 against Utah. Utah's still my favorite. I'm going to lean them out of the West. I believe in them. From what I've seen from Donovan Mitchell, he's been the best player in the playoffs so far. I mean, Chris Paul is now trying to make that argument, but because he was hurt that first series, you can't really get an entire gauge of what's happening. Then on the Eastern Conference side, you've got Philly up 2-1 Atlanta. I think they finally kind of figured out how they want to match up. They've played a lot more with Simmons and Thibel together, but you have they have now always had one of them on Trey Young at all times. They've kind of just decided to literally take Trey Young out of the game. You make sure that face guard him, whatever it takes. You have the size, you have the physicality with Thibel and Simmons. They can all they can both guard and shut you down. So it's going to be intriguing to see how Atlanta responds. Can they get enough role players to step up like they did in game one, as well as in that first round series against the Knicks? Because in games two and three, we didn't get that. And then on the other side, it's 2-2, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. But now, how are we going to let this unfold now? Kyrie's already out for game five. It's been announced. James Harden is most likely out for game five with his hamstring. So how do we look at Kevin Durant now? It's now your turn, Kevin. You have that LeBron issue. Are you, can you carry a team by yourself? And whether or not he does or not, are we going to hold him to that standard if he comes up short, like LeBron has. All right, Kevin, you've been the best. You're probably the best player on the planet. Definitely the best offensive player on the planet, in my opinion. It's not even close. So you have to step up now in a unique way to be able to ensure the success of the Brooklyn Nets. Because the people around you are okay. They're not great. You have Blake, Griff great Gr yeah, Blake Griffin and Jeff Grant at the end of their careers. Joe Harris is a solid 3 and D guy. 
Not a great three and die. It was solid. And then you have a lot of players that have never really been in the postseason. Bruce Brown. And then you have a couple of players from the G League. You have Shamit. He's been in the postseason before. But you can't really fully rely on him. You have DeAndre Jordan, but you haven't played him whatsoever. And now you've kind of seen Milwaukee gain their confidence back, especially after winning game three in an absolute slugfest where both teams really struggle offensively. And then in game four, as soon as Kyrie went out, pretty much Brooklyn had caved in at that point and Milwaukee pulled away in game four. Going to be a really intriguing rest of the way. Because I honestly thought Brooklyn was going to get win in five after what had taken place in the first two games. Now it's 2-2, no Kyrie, no James Harden. You definitely have to start sending red flags towards the Brooklyn Nets and see what's going to be taking place in that regard. I think it's going to go seven personally. I think Philly's going to end up now beating Atlanta. I think Atlanta can get one more. I want to say Philly in six. But I think the Eastern Conference is still, for Philadelphia, they've kind of sent figured out how to play Atlanta, especially with Atlanta has so many different shooters on the outside, but that loss of DeAndre Hunter, major loss. But still you have, and then on the other side, Philadelphia lost Danny Green, but Danny Green has not been playing to that standard, what we thought he was going to be at. So what are we going to do there? Really intriguing on those different aspects of how the NBA playoffs is going to look. Right now, Phoenix is already through. If I had to guess for the rest of the West, I still have Utah coming out. I think that'll go six or seven games now. It's going to be intriguing to see. If game four goes to Utah, they sh- I think they can close out in five, but I think the Clippers will win game four, so it'll be tied up. And this will be pushed the distance because Utah really needs to be tested. They haven't gotten that yet. And then, the, and then right now for Brooklyn, Milwaukee, it's going to go seven. I got to lean right now to the Milwaukee Bucks just because of the unknown of James Harden and Kyrie Irving. I just don't know. When are they going to be back? How significant the injuries are? We just don't know. We really don't. They're keeping it well under wraps, and then they're announcing it, whether or not they're going to be playing, and that's it. They don't haven't really talked about the severities of the injury, et cetera. And then I have Philadelphia on the other side. So if everything holds out, I have Philadelphia and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then a Utah-Phoenix matchup in the Western Conference Finals. And out of those four teams, pick one out of the hat. Like, that's how – pretty close those four teams are relatively speaking who's going to be in the finals and who's going to win the title let's jump to another aspect of the sports world before we wrap up this quick little podcast episode nhl all i have to say is agree with me disagree with me So try and I want to see if you guys have listened to this full episode. I'm going to end up posting these clips, some clips as well. But I want to hear your arguments here because I don't think this is really close. That playoff hockey is the greatest sport to watch. That's it. 
I can watch it on TV. In person, it's even crazier. But it, without a doubt, I don't think it's really close that playoff hockey is the best sport to watch. And then you have right now, you have their two semifinals representative who's going to be in the Stanley Cup. You have Montreal versus Vegas. And then you have also have the New York Islanders versus the defending champions in the Tampa Bay Lightning. But there's just a different intensity to it. I'm telling you, they play three periods of 20 minutes, and it is nonstop. The pace of play is solid. There's not really many lulls in the game. It's up and down. It's intense. A lot of it has to do with the substitutions and line changes. That's only usually a minute, 30 to two minutes with one group on the ice, which makes it really intriguing because of how different things open up. It makes it very meticulous of how you want to attack offensively and defensively. And then these goaltenders in these playoffs have been outstanding. Not many games have had seen a winning team score five-plus goals. A lot of them have been four and under on both sides with how not combined, but one side's not scoring that many. They've been very competitive. And even game one the other night with New York, Tampa Bay, 2-1. Both goalies were outstanding. It looked like Tampa Bay was a little not mentally fully engaged, but still outstanding to watch. And just the, the hitting, the boarding, the penalties, the power plays, the shorthanded goals, the empty nets, it just, there's nothing like it. It's just a completely different intensity. And if you aren't a true hockey fan, even if like you're not, just go watch a game. Watch one of these games, especially this Tampa Bay, New York series. Like it's going to be physical, intense, nonstop adrenaline pumping. You are, and it's sometimes difficult to follow the puck, but your eyes are moving constantly back and forth on the screen. Like you're not like looking down at your phone. You're not finding that sense of, oh, I'd have a quick lull. I mean, they do have some TV timeouts, but it's not as many as you as like basketball or as like football, like how you see different lulls in the game. There isn't that in playoff hockey. It's just nonstop. It's crazy. I don't think it's close. You guys can argue with me. I'm perfectly content with that. I'm actually, I actually want you to argue with me because I don't think it's really much of an argument. So I would love to hear a counter argument to that. That play anything, there is nothing better than playoff hockey. Agree or disagree. It's going to be really intriguing to see how that unfolds. All right, everyone. That was the, a quick edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. Again, I'm going to try to continue this podcast as much as possible. I have been really backed up with work, so I apologize. But still, I love doing this. I love reaching out to you. I love you guys connecting with me. It is so much fun. I'm going to try and bring out some more different content, and especially with different tournaments and postseason plays going on. We have the Euros in soccer. We have the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. The MLB season's in full swing, almost at reaching that halfway mark, getting close there. And then – Football's in minicamp already. It's going to be really intriguing to see how everything unfolds. And that's it, everyone. That's the final Whistle Sports Podcast. We're going to try and bring out some new content. Hopefully, we have some more interviews out there for you, some new guests, et cetera. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Have a good night.